Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. And thanks so much for those of you who are joining us from wherever you are from around the world. Thank you so much. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. It's a show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And I'm so grateful that you've chosen to spend your Monday morning with us. You could be anywhere else, for instance, watching the impeachment inquiry, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> so today in our show, we're going to talk about the politics of student loans and why there is a crisis with, with student loans in this country at this time. We're going to talk about that in depth. But first, let me do some house cleaning. I want to say thank you to everyone who chooses to join. Shout out to everybody on Periscope and Twitter. I'm so very grateful. And to all our listeners around the world, thank you so much. Blog Talk Radio, you are awesome. I just want to say thank you to those of you who join us via Blog Talk Radio from Singapore and South Africa. Seriously, Namibia, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you who listen to us on, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you are in the world, to my friends in India and Singapore, Canada, Belgium, Thank you. I am so very grateful. And of course, to all of us here in the United States, it's approaching Christmas. So Merry Christmas. I don't know why I don't have Christmas lights on behind me. Forgive me. <laughs> the mood hasn't hit me yet, but I do have my Christmas tree up in my living room spreading good cheer. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who has tuned in and who has joined us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about student loan and politics. And get ready, you might just want to hold on to your seat for just a little bit, because it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. My daughter recently graduated law school, and is faced with student loan payments, repayments of $2,000 per month. And in checking around, I found that a lot of people who have advanced degrees are faced with the same thing. She has friends who are paying $1,700 or $1,600 and so on. So I want to talk about student loans crisis. And I want to talk about it within the context of what is going on in Washington. What does politics have to do with student loans? You would be surprised because politics apparently in America has everything to do with everything. Say, politics has everything to do with everything. You just can't seem to shake it or get away from it or somehow to work around it. So we're going to talk about, uh, talk about how, <laughs> how the politics have affected student loans. And I'm going to provide you with some information that might just be blind, mind-blowing. To those of us who are burdened with student loan repayments, I feel for you. It's, it, it, it is something. Sometimes it takes people. I heard one story where someone who graduated college 20 years ago is just now paying off her student loan. It's almost like a mortgage payment. So it's a mortgage payment and the student loan payment plus your car payment plus all the other stuff that you have to do, you get a pretty good idea of how indebted we are. So just to put this into context for you, what is student loans? Well, most of us go to college and we take out a loan to pay for it. The federal government, while it does not regulate the quality of education, but is responsible for education through the Department of Education. 
Now, the federal government is a monolith. It's huge, and it's big. It's like an organ. It has tentacles and stuff everywhere. Typically, what the federal government do is it relies on others to complete its work of oversight and regulatory requirements for it, right? So it outsources to what we would call accreditors. I'm familiar with that because I worked in healthcare. And for many years, while I lived here in Southeast Michigan, I uh, performed as an accreditation specialist for the Centers for Medicare uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services. So I worked as uh, I knew how the oversight process and how the accreditation, accreditation process worked because of my familiarity with the system. I didn't work directly for them, but part of my job as an administrator at a healthcare agency and part of my job in consulting was to ensure that people seeking accreditation from the federal government got it. So what we learned about that process is the federal government itself does not perform the oversight, but it outsources it to other organizations who do. Well, the same thing happens with education. The same thing happens with energy and other parts of the, of the society, right? So the federal, you can well imagine that the federal government is huge, right? The federal government delegates its tasks, delegates its job, but it appoints someone to say, hey, uh, you're in charge, so provide me with updates. Tell me what is going on in this area. How are you? I see folks are talking to me here. Hey, like my hair. Thank you. Thank you. Right? So the federal government then uh, as, has this thing with education, right? And it wants to, <clears throat> people are now complaining about going to college. People are now complaining that I went to college, got a four-year degree, and I graduate and can't get a job. I can't repay this to, in fact, the statistics are that 1 million people in the United States right now has defaulted on their student loan payment. So who gives these loans? Well, that's going to be a subject for another day, because what you're going to find underneath that is that it's big business, much like credit cards are big business, so is student loan payments, right? Uh, Student loan payments are big business, student loans are big business. So the people who provide the loans naturally want their a return on their investment, wouldn't you think, right? I live in Detroit, Michigan, right? And so <laughs> what we are finding is that uh, student loans uh, are, are, uh, are a big, it's big business. And uh, what happens is the student loan payments are not being made. If 1 million people have defaulted, then it suggests that something is wrong with the system. And I think so. Don't you? I think so. Right? So what happens is the federal government does not perform oversight of the quality of education. It relies on accreditors to do that. Accreditors then are paid fees by the colleges. Get that? the colleges who are seeking accreditation. So it's a, it's a club. It's sort of like, you know, you're all members of this club. And the colleges pay fees. Naturally, the people who pay the greatest fees are the people who are going to get the most work done. So because so many people are graduating with degrees and can't find meaningful jobs to make the student loan payments, but you said if I went to your school, studied for four years, then you were going to give me a degree that I would get a job. But I have this degree and I can't work, use it. I can't work in it. 
Therefore, I can't do anything, right? And so what happens is, is that people are, uh, are, are wondering what the heck is going on. So recently, a new legislation was about to be passed in Washington. And the new legislation would require, get this, <clears throat> would require that colleges be held accountable for the degrees that people are graduating for, 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 and that if they don't get jobs in the in the field that they graduated from, the colleges would be held accountable for the quality of the education. Guess what happened? That legislation is in trouble. Why? Because there is an advocate for free market education in Washington in the personhood of the Secretary of Education, Ms. Betsy DeVos. Ms. Betsy DeVos's family are from Michigan. In Michigan, here in Michigan, the DeVos family owns charter schools. They own an education management organization that has charter schools. Charter schools, we talked about last week, are a group of people who got together and decided they would take over management of schools. And so they created, the, 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 they went to the state, the state pays them money to manage schools, and it is managed for profit. In other words, what I'm saying is, Ms. De, Ms. DeVos is an, is a, is an uh, uh, advocate for for-profit education. She does not believe that colleges should be held accountable for the quality of education. She believes it's up to the student to determine that. Not cool at all. So not cool. So this legislation is in trouble. So the question you need to ask is, what does politics have to do with it? Everything. Everything is politicized. Politics is, in fact, in our student loans. And so what happens is, uh, what happens is that people don't realize the extent to which this is affecting our lives. People don't realize the extent to which the politics is impacting the delivery of the quality of education. Most of us, I had no idea, for instance, on, prior to doing some investigation into this and doing some research into this, I had no idea, for instance, that the government itself, the Department of Education, does not directly oversee the quality of education coming from colleges. I didn't know that. But the folks who do, they do. And what happens now is that based on what they have done, this legislation is in trouble. So now you graduate college with a four-year degree in the humanities. And you can't get a job with a four-year degree in the humanities. But you still have the student loans to repay. Let me put this into some perspective just so that we can, we can understand what exactly is going on here. A recent report identified that 25% of enrollees at a, a four-year college degree program did not graduate. 25%, not 1%, not 2 not 3 I would even have been satisfied with 10 But if a quarter of the population who, uh, excuse me, who enrolled in a college did not graduate, we've got a problem. 231 colleges were surveyed. In a further survey of 60 to 615 colleges, it was found that 50% of the enrollees did not graduate. 
don't disbelieve those numbers. I think those numbers are true. Because, in fact, it is a thing that most people do not survive the freshman year. So what are colleges doing to incentivize people to to finish the freshman year? Well, that's a good point. What exactly are they doing? So the federal government funds education and gives money to colleges. So what happens after they get the money? Is it the president of the college who gets the money and then goes and lives in a palace somewhere like we saw with the Michigan State Trust uh, president and lives like a queen and a king or king or whatever and, and does not and ignore the complaints of, of people who are getting sexually abused? What exactly is happening? What exactly is happening in our education? And we need to pay attention to it because you're the one underwriting the loan for your kid to go to college. You need to st- we need to start asking questions. Well, what kind of degree is this? How likely are you to get a passing grade? This is why when my kids are going to college, I don't just say, just go to college. I'm like, which college are you going to go to? Let me do some research. I want to know what is their passing rate. When you graduate from that college with a degree, are you likely to get a job? Now, you may not like what I'm going to say, but HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, have a harder time. Graduates from those institutions have a harder time landing jobs and well-paying jobs. What is it? With Maybe they don't have enough money to hire accreditors whom they can pay so they can get more funding. Or maybe that's a racist intent. I'm not quite sure. But I do know that depending on the college where you graduate from, are you most likely to graduate with a degree that you can find a well-paying job in? So you graduate and you have this huge student loan debt to repay because apparently that's what it is all about. It's about giving people loans to go to college to get a degree in something they'll never work in that will never pay them enough and they're chained to making a debt payment Meanwhile, politicians are in Washington sitting around this morning having breakfast while people are really suffering. Something has got to be done, right? Let me put it into perspective and give you some statistics that I was, I was coming across. So this is a version of the Higher Education Act, which governs colleges, right? And this is a watered-down legislation that would hold colleges accountable to few, to how many number, to few students graduate and get jobs and pay off loans. The Department of Education's budget is $120 billion per year. Student loans, correspondingly, are $1.6 trillion currently. The feds do not, I just want to put this out there so that you have some idea. I, I think you, I'm still stuck, like you, I'm still stuck on the part where colleges are part of an accreditation organization that they pay a fee to go to, and who pays the highest fee is who gets the most money. And so colleges don't want to be held accountable for the number of students who are graduating and for the number of students who can land well-paying jobs. I think we're all kind of stuck on that one. I think we all need to try to figure out what the heck is going on and why a legislation that is now being proposed in Washington that is going to hold colleges accountable for how many number of students graduate and the degrees and, and sue them so people can now sue a college for saying, I graduated and within six years, I still can't find a job in the field I graduated in. Wouldn't that be something? Let me ask you this. How many of you are college graduates? How many of you 
are working in the field that you graduated with a degree in? Show me your hand. Just tell me. How many? Not many at all. In fact, when you graduated from college, you were so grateful to just land a job that you end up not working in the field that you are trained in. What the disconnect is going on? There's a Sam Hill problem right there. Something is wrong with that picture. So now we have the free market enterprise. Listen to how they do this now. When, 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 first of all, when politicians come to you and tell you that they're looking at it from a free market approach, the first thing you need to think about is it's not going to be beneficial to you, but it's going to be beneficial to them. When they say free market, that means they're going to diversify, break up the regulation so that they can make money. They're going to operate it as a for-profit business. The University of Phoenix is a for-profit institution. It's a worthless degree. You graduate with a degree from University of Phoenix. How many people have degrees from University of Phoenix? Anybody take this seriously? Are you getting jobs? CNA University? What's the other one? Uh, the ones that's uh, uh, South New Hampshire. Capella. Anybody working in the field that you graduate in with those degrees? And you begin to see where the disconnect is. So you are paying back a student loan debt for a degree that you're not even working in. Think about that. Someone I know some time ago, a few years ago, was working for AT&T. And he had gotten to the point where he felt saturated. He had gotten to the point where he felt like in order to move and budge, you know, you get to management, you know how life is. You graduate, you get a job, and you peak at about 36, 37. And you find that you get to that level and you can't go any further. So the first thing you think about is I should go get an advanced degree. So you're already riddled with student loan debt in addition to life because now you're married with children, so you have mortgage, car payments, soccer practice, this, that, and everything else. So you decide to go get an advanced degree. So you go get an advanced degree, increase your debt repayment, and you still are not promoted. So in this scenario I'm role-playing, my friend went and got uh, got a master's degree. His boss said to him, you're still not going to get promoted, but you're going to be landed with a student loan debt. You're going to increase your loan payment, <laughs> right? But they're not going to promote you. Even with the advanced degree, he didn't believe his boss. He still went to go get his advanced degree. He's still working in the same position. It didn't. He didn't get more money. He tried to move around in the company. They ended up shifting around his division and trimmed it. So he ended up having to go work in another division and so on. And to this day, he regrets it because he put himself in more debt and still did not rise through the ranks. Do you see what I'm saying? A friend of mine was smart enough. He started going for his master's degree, but he was making strides. You know, he reached a point in a company where he couldn't get any further. He just left and went somewhere else to a much smaller company where he became, he got the position he wanted with the salary he wanted, just in a smaller company. <clears throat> Still had influence to where he wanted to be. Sometimes you have to think about that. Is it worth it? So what I'm saying is when you look at uh, education now, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? 
is it really worth it for me to go to be saddled with this huge debt? And then repaying it is going to be an option. Is it worth it? And I say all of that because there are so many kids today who have graduated with a four-year degree from a college or a university, from a higher education institution, and can't get a job, cannot work in the field that they have been trained in and they have studied in, but still have a huge loan payment that they have to make. What is the point? Right? What? In the Sam Hill is the point. So I'm waking this up for you to become aware. So you start asking questions. And some of you might be like, well, it doesn't bother me. If it doesn't bother you now, because you're not in school and you don't have a child who is about to go to college, guess what? It's going to bother you in the future when you have a child who will go to college. This legislation is going to impact that child, that child's future. Because if we cannot... It's fast coming to the stage in America where nobody wants to be held accountable. If if big banks and everything else and every big company, nobody wants to be held accountable. We don't hold companies accountable anymore. We don't hold them accountable to do what is good for the public's good. We let them run rampant and run their corporations at the expense of the liberties and the, the welfare of people. We don't hold anybody accountable. Why is such a big company like Amazon is not paying taxes? It's unheard of. Why is Amazon not paying taxes? That's not holding them accountable. If you don't hold them accountable, let them pay taxes. I guarantee you they will make sure that they do things that are great for the community. Amazon wants to set up a headquarters in a state or in a city, and you're giving them they won't pay taxes? That's crazy. So how are you going to sustain the roads that they're going to drive on and the city services that they're going to use? I've never understood that. I've never understood that at all. And I'm seeing all of that. I'm seeing all of that to say that something has got to be done. Right? Something has got to be done. We've got to become more conscious. Ladies and gentlemen, we are asleep at the switch. We are asleep as if we're in Nene land and La La land. We're acting as if this is all Disney World and Disneyland, and we're not doing something conscious about this thing. We're asleep at the switch. We're so asleep at the switch. It's unbelievable. Right? And we're not paying attention to what we need to pay attention to. We're not paying attention to what needs to be done. And to what needs to be. We've got to start holding colleges accountable. So you're looking at me and you're like, well, Harriet, my kids are two and three years old. By the time they're ready to go to college, dude. You'll be paying through your teeth because here's the thing I learned. We all say we're going to start a college fund. The reality, though, is that what you save for a college fund is only good for one semester. Barely pays the first year of college. I kid you not. You're still going to need student loans or you pay it out of pocket. 
Do you see what I'm saying? No matter how much you think you save, it's still not going to be enough for college because colleges, who administers how much colleges charge for a degree, degree program is anybody's business. Colleges charge whatever they want to charge because according to Secretary DeVos, it's a free market system. She wants free markets to be attached to anything. May God help us all. She wants free market to be attached. Listen to this. She wants free market to be attached to your child's education. I don't like that at all. Because that is rapacious capitalism that is going to charge astronomical fees for a college degree program. That there are no guarantees that when a person entering that institution and graduates within four years is going to get a job that will make that loan repayment. Are you hearing me? Are you with me on this? <clears throat> right? I'm sorry. <laughs> and so we arrive, <laughs> and so we are at this place where it's kind of like a turning point. I, I had to pause for a minute. You might have heard some radio silence there. Because I had to think about this. <laughs> I seriously had to think about this. Why is this such an issue? I seriously had to think about what on earth is going on here? What on earth is going on? Why why is this going on? Because to me, the trend over the last 10 years is so many people are graduating colleges. And they're not working in the field. People are graduating with a degree in communications from, from University of Phoenix, but not working in communications. Can't get a job with a radio station, an advertising company. Can't get a job at a TV station. There are no jobs. So why are you selling a degree in communications if we don't have any jobs in communications? Are you hearing me? We need to start holding these institutions accountable. Why are you telling people to go get a degree in computer engineering and there are only 500 jobs, but you're graduating five to 50,000 people? Is anybody out there? Hello? Or are we just asleep at the switch? We're telling people to go get a degree in human, what's the thing, human resources. But there are only three jobs. We're telling people to go get degrees in supply chain management and go work for UPS or FedEx afterwards. Did you need a degree to go work for UPS or FedEx in supply chain? It's not going to drive the truck. Did you need a degree for that? But you're telling people that being college education educated is the thing to do and it's the right thing to do if they want to be successful, but they're still graduating and can't get degrees in it. Don't tell me that that's what people want. People are striving to make themselves better. Meanwhile, we have politicians who believe that a free market approach to education is the way forward. Because why? The way we've been doing it never really worked. It educated a lot of people. But now we want to free market it so that colleges are free to do whatever they want to do without any degree of accountability whatsoever. My friends, that's my problem with this whole thing is the lack of accountability. Not being able to hold corporations accountable for what they do. 
It's a dangerous trend. And it's a sliding scale into havoc. We're wreaking havoc on the citizenry by not holding large corporations accountable. They're being run by people with egos whose only focus is on how much money they will make. When they step out of their glorified office towers, they're getting, on a, getting up to the helipad to get on a helicopter, to get on a plane to go somewhere from the helicopter to a plane, and their feet do not touch the ground. They have no connection to the realities of what their workers are going through. Amazon is one of the largest companies in America, if not the largest. They don't pay taxes. Jeff Bezos' company does not pay taxes. There's something wrong with that picture. Meanwhile, people who stand on the line with it at Amazon are having back problems and having issues where workmen's compensation claims run out and they can't work and they're, they're, they're destined for poverty. They're destined to live under a bridge. They're destined to not being able to feed themselves. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos still runs to his helipad, still gets on a plane, still gets from a plane to, his, to another helipad. His feet still have not touched the ground in New York City where the people are living under a bridge and drinking dirty sewage water. That's America's reality today. And we are telling people There are so many people with degrees who are living on the bridges right now. People with degrees graduating college and working $10, $15 an hour drive through any suburban neighborhood and see how many cars are parked in the driveway. That is for the parents and the two children who graduated college and had to move back home because they can't afford to live on their own because they have student loan payments that are so astronomically high because they can't get a job with their degree. Parents are frustrated and yelling at kids. The kids are frustrated. The, the, the conversation, family life is ruined. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all the billionaire boys are sitting back sipping caviar and champagne and going ha, 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 like Santa Claus all day. Do you see what I'm saying is the politics? Because at this stage, it's not red and blue. Red and blue is for you and me. That dividing line does not operate here. At this level, it's money that counts. It's finding a politician who is going to believe what you say and paying them off to do what they, you want them to do. So they divide the country along red and blue lines. It works here at this level, not there. Meanwhile, you and I are asleep at the switch. Get a drink, go home. Austerity is a swindle, right? Go home, chill, relax, while the billionaire boys and girls determine our fate and our outcome. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to get up and start asking questions. And I know you're all going to say, well, you know, my kids have graduated college. What about your grandchildren? 
Do you know how many grandparents have to underwrite loans because the parents have done all they can? Do you know how many grandparents are supporting their grandchildren in college? I just want to know. The division between rich and poor is shocking. It is absolutely shocking. And many of you who think you're rich, you're borderline. You better watch out. Because you're living off credit. And you need to ask yourself, how much is it costing you to maintain your lifestyle as it is? And if you find that you are robbing Peter to pay Paul and you're saving less and less, you need to get out of that. That means you're living above your means. How do you know you're living above your means? You're not saving anything. If your savings account is smaller at the end of every month after you pay all of your bills, you are living above your means. Your bills should be less than 50% of what you earn. Are you all shocked? Okay, well, sit there. If your bills are 75% of what you earn, you are living above your means and you're destined for trouble. One problem is going to send you into catastrophic situations. I know because I lived it. So many of us buy into the idea that we want to live this lifestyle, that they say if you're not living in this neighborhood and if you're not driving this kind of car, then you're not relevant. Relevant to who? Relevancy is, is, is highly subjective. I'm relevant to me. That's all I should be worried about and what works for me in my situation. If you don't like it, tough. You meet people coming to your life, I tell them straight up, this is me and this is where I am. If it's not good for you, keep it moving. I don't have time to wait. So you find yourself, you graduate from college, and you're stuck. And you're like, what the heck is going on? My friend here is making some serious stuff. Lots of people want wage packet from the street. You'll talk about it. I had, I had a conversation a few weeks ago on, on, on Twitter. And a young man had graduated college. He's married with children. And told me he had nothing. He couldn't get a job. And he couldn't feed his kids. And he graduated from college and he doesn't have a criminal background. 28 years old, doing it the right way. He's not running around town with a bunch of baby mamas. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. We have decimated the communities. So when you drive into communities, have you gone into Main Street in any town? Do you see any mom and pop businesses? Everywhere I go, that's one of the first things I want to check because it tells me where that town is going. Right? In the black community and in the Hispanic communities, all the little bodegas and the little black businesses and ethnic stores and so on, they're wiped out. Replaced by big box stores that can buy the stuff in greater bulk and sell it back. You know the big box stores, Walmart and company. Okay? <laughs> Interest rates only apply to the little people. Yes, because when you have a lot of money and you go into the bank to borrow money, you negotiate the interest rate. You're like, I'm not paying that. I'm paying you 0.1%. Boom, that's it. You don't like it? Well, I'm going to the next bank. Right? People, we need to take back the control. We have allowed others to dictate to us how we should live. I'm so alarmed that young people paying $1,100 a month for rent because you want to live fancy, and you want to show people that, well, I've made it. You haven't made it yet. You still have bills to pay. You Look at your future. Your future is coming at you. Set yourselves up. 
And if you if you're plan if you have know a young person right now, it might not be you who is planning on going to college, you need to ask the question, the degree that you're going for, can it feed you in ten years after you graduate from college? What are you going to school to study? And ask them that question because the colleges are not going to. The colleges are going to make it real easy for you to choose an elective. Because as we learn, out of 231 colleges, their graduation rate was 25%. Out of 615 colleges, their graduation rate was 50%. Correspondingly, the same numbers apply for people who graduated and could not get degrees. The politics of student loans. You still have the student loan to pay for whether you got a job or not. That's when this thing became painful for me. So that's why I am talking about it because it's knocking on my door. And something has got to be done. There is a legislation on the books in D.C. right now that the education secretary is opposed to because she favors free market approach to education. And there is a legislation that wants to hold colleges accountable for the number of people who are graduating without degrees. And the number of people who are graduating with a degree that is useless. We need to hold them accountable. So your child is going to go to college? We need to find out where. (laughs) We need to start asking questions, my friends. What's up? We need to start saying seriously. My daughter went to school to be a lawyer. She didn't come to me and say, I'm going to go to school to get a degree in humanities. I'm like, excuse me. My youngest daughter is going to college soon. She wants to be a doctor. She has options. I'm like, go to college, get a degree that gives you options. Right? Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay that student loan payment, right? And they have, as you say, my friend, they have enslaved us to the idea that if you don't get a four-year degree, you're not doing anything. Can you believe it? And you go to school, you get the degree. This is the thing. You get the degree, and you still can't work to pay off the loan. And most people have a degree, and they're not working in the field. Once upon a time, this was not the way it was. How did we change? And then they tell you that science and technology and engineering is where the society is going. At the same time, the public school system is not facilitating science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It does not have that focus because they take the money out of the public schools and put it into for-profit educational entities. Folks, we need to wake up. We need to stop singing hunky-dory songs and think every day is a hunky-dory day and we're just going to meet down by the river and sing kumbaya or whatever you're going to sing. We need to wake up and realize this stuff changed overnight under our feet while we were asleep at the watch and that you cannot expect to get out of the system today anything that you put in because the system changed. The people changed the system overnight to suit them, and you and I need to wake up. 
and we seriously need to. I scratch my head at artificial intelligence and why it's not being taken into account. Don't even start with artificial intelligence. I'm going to do a show on it. I'm doing some research right now. I'm going to do a show on it. Look at you all. Are you all with me? Are you all with me on this? Are you seeing the reality that is facing us? Are you all just seeing this? Dudes and Judas, we got to wake up. This stuff, they, uh, they have shifted the country from under us while we were asleep at the switch, while we wanted to be entertained without even being aware of what is going on. We got to start holding corporations accountable, just like our parents and grandparents did. You remember the letter to the editor? We have this. It's the most powerful tool. Use this to communicate with them. Go to their Facebook page. Tweet them. They're all on Twitter. And say, what's up with education? When you start calling them out, if five people, if you graduated from a college, and if five of you start asking that college, tweet that college right now on Twitter, and ask them, how come I graduated with a degree that I can't get a job in? It's over for that college. All of a sudden, it becomes a trend. It's over. That's the power that we have. We got to marginalize. We got to mobilize and start using it. Because if we don't, we are in peril. Because they're going to continue to pass legislation that benefits them and their millions. So you have a couple million dollars. Well, it's only going to, you have two children. It's only going to cost you less than $500,000 to educate them. You can do that. But for those of us who are still trying to make the first million, it's a bit of an uphill battle. But you know what's not uphill? Our ability to talk. We need to stop wasting time tweeting entertainers. They've made their money. They're being paid to do whatever. We need to start tweeting politicians and start saying, what's up with this? What's up with this? What's up with this? We need to start. And when we start, we get the ball rolling because something's got to be done. Look, Look at you all feeling it. You are all feeling this because it happens to all of us. Student loan payments are astronomical. My, when my daughter got her bill for $2,000, seriously, I, put, I did this. I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I was like, $2,000? Are you serious? Where is the job that is going to pay her to live so she can make a $2,000 loan payment? And you just graduated college. We should, we should be asking colleges for guarantees that when you graduate, they find a job for you. Okay, so you're going to train me to work in engineering? Find me a job after I get my four- or five-year degree in engineering. Find me a job. We need to start holding them accountable. So the, politi- so the colleges, through the accreditation agencies, are getting whatever they want done. It's time for us, the public, to get what we want done. Use this, y'all. Come on, use it. And by the way, come January, you know, Twitter's terms of service have changed. So if I do a podcast, like I'm podcasting right now, and Twitter can take my content 
and advertise it and use it the way they want it. So you won't be seeing me on Twitter. You can join my regular podcast on Block Talk Radio. We can talk all day. Matter of fact, why don't you just switch over to YouTube? That has not told me they're gonna earn, they're gonna own my content. Twitter is jacked up if they think I'm gonna give them access to my content that they can reproduce to benefit them. Hey, say hey, Harriet. Say hey back at me. Hey, Jews, it's me and you. We're all in this together. Judas, it's me and you. We gotta look out for one another. Because true, I never thought I'd see the day when I would say that. <laughs> I never thought that day would come. Like seriously, when I look at the large corporation like Amazon not paying taxes, I'm supposed to be happy with that. We have a crumbling infrastructure in America. The bridges are breaking down. Our roads need to be fixed. They're cracked. Our industries are gone. Hospitals, the things that make life stable. We're closing police departments because of budgetary concerns, seriously. So where's public safety? Where is the public works department to fix the roads and to make sure public buildings are safe? Been in a public building where the elevator isn't working? Do you see what I'm saying? But you're going to tell, tell me that you want a free market approach to higher education? Baby, take that somewhere else can happen, people. We got to have dialogue. These kinds of things, we need to be aware of them so we can start the conversation. Please, I'm asking you, do you see me on Twitter all day talking about stuff? Join the conversation. Ask them yourself. I guarantee you, like I said, five of you graduated from the university of so-and-so, and you're not working in the field that you got your degree in. If you tweet that place, I guarantee you they will shut their Twitter feed down. Are you hearing me? You want me to tell you how powerful your communication is? Two years ago, 2018, the local power company had an issue on my in my neighborhood. I kid you not. Like, I didn't have power for two, four days. Actually, it started on a Sunday morning, I didn't get power back until Saturday because they ignored my area. I don't know what was going on. People on the other block got power, but I didn't. By the third day, I'd had enough. I tweeted the power company. They thought I was a joke. I tweeted them. They responded by sending someone out. The person came and did nothing. I still had no power. I didn't tweet them again. I called the governor's office. The governor's office directed me to the Public Services Commission, who governs, has oversight of public utilities. I called the mayor's office, the governor's office, and the Public Services Commission. You know what was the end result? The end result was that the power company had to pay us back for the time we were without. Since then, I am the first one notified if they're going to have a problem in my area. My power is fixed all the time. That's the power of your voice. You have to speak up. We're too, we're afraid. What are you afraid of? Speak up. 
If they don't hear from you, they're going to assume that you don't know. Speak up. When you speak up, they become attentive and realize they're going to change it. Speak up. We're too quiet. We sit back and take stuff. Time is running out. I got to go. I didn't realize. (laughs) Sorry, thanks. (laughs) Right? We got to speak up. So you're going to speak up. Start tweeting your college, your alma mater, and ask them, how come I'm working in a field that I didn't graduate in? Just ask the question and see what happens. You're going to be surprised, right? Thank you so much for being a part of my show this morning. My name is Harriet Kemp with Down to Earth. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM. Just click on the link that says support this podcast. 99 cents per month helps us to continue doing what we do. You can also listen to us on Breaker, Overcast, uh, Spotify, Radio Public, uh, Apple, Google, and a variety of other podcast platforms. Help us. So go to Anchor FM, look for Down to Earth, which it will pop up, and then click on Support This Podcast. You will know because you'll see my logo and so on. And it will say Harriet Kamek. My name is right there. Help us to continue bringing this to you. I trust you, and I thank you at the same time. Thank you so much for joining. We're going to talk about some more of this stuff, don't you think? we got to have this conversation. I know most of you are like, dang, this is real. It is. It's so real. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks so much. Be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.